Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. Another hey, episode yeah. back in the studio. Let's do it. Too much freedom too soon. Too much. People screw this up so badly. And I think talking about our last episode, we talked about expectations. And this is a manifestation of having the wrong expectation mm. of your dog. You may get lucky and you get the dog and you let him plot around your house and all is good. Even a puppy can be relatively okay. But the general rule is um, you set them up for success. And what do you reckon that means? Well- yeah, and then like I've had Shadow for tomorrow. It's four months, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, four months. We've had him for four months. It feels longer. Yeah. But um, point being, from day one, he was heavily managed. If he's inside, like I was telling you before, we're just playing with him. He got a little bit too overstimulated in the crate. Mm-hmm. And what what happens when he goes in the crate? He goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. It's conditioned response. Mm-hmm. He's been in that crate since day dot. Mm-hmm. He's now at a point where and you went through the hell of it too, right? Absolutely. Yep. The first time. We- we recorded a podcast after I got him. Remember, he was fucking screaming and crying. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, like, it was a bit stressful. Mm-hmm. I'd never really seen that before. And it's stressful because like, you've got an eight-week-old puppy crying and whatever in the crate. But we've done the hard work, mm-hmm. the hard yards. And now he loves he loves being in that crate. If yep. I put him in there, he'll just go straight to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like I said, condition response. And you don't abuse it. You use it appropriately. No, yeah, of course. And like, so now he's definitely- calmer than he was a few months ago so point being like we can bring him in and put him on the couch and he will again there's no positive reinforcement inside i don't Mm. feed him inside i don't play with him inside there's no toys at all all of that's outside love it outside the house Mm -hmm. so and this very much ties into the master your castle episode if you want yeah more details about that but you're putting into action start with the end in mind so okay so what do i want from my dog i want him to be calm in the house so therefore I never show him a picture where we're not calm in the house because it's not fair. Mm-hmm. And then he's on an intermittent reward schedule of like, okay, sometimes I get sometimes I get play in the house or sometimes I get toys. And what does that do for the listeners? It makes it much stronger, mm-hmm. much in the wrong direction because yeah. this is a behavior we're trying to stop. Yeah. So, there's no such thing as a like intermittent punishment schedule. It's actually mm-hmm. just an intermittent reward schedule, mm-hmm. you know? Because and without you, getting punished, you'll get reinforced because it's a self-reinforced behavior, Correct. Right? Yeah. So, and those, so you're strengthening the behavior that you're, tr- you're trying to prevent. Mm-hmm. So, it's like all or nothing. Mm-hmm. So, he's when he's inside, there's absolutely zero hyperactivity mm-hmm. whatsoever. At the moment, I'll let him have a- He's got a, a chew toy in the crate because he's teething and I'd rather him chew that than like the towel that's in there. Mm-hmm. That's about it. But let's go even a step further. Right now, he's in the backyard, but even he hasn't got full freedom of your backyard either, right? No, because he has quite a tendency to dig. And so, I'm just at the moment still preventing him from having just like free reign over the grass and the garden because I know he'll dig it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he's put fertilizer down and he's trying to yeah, eat he, chicken he's, shit. Yeah, he's been eating it. And so- so and I manage it. Ha- and how do you how do you do that? How do you manage that? Um, I've got like a ninety centimeter fence that I've um, zip tied between. Like my yard is kind of long and narrow, so I've zip tied it between two sides basically. Mm-hmm. So he's got the area that he's got is all paved. Mm-hmm. He's got all his enrichment out there. I've, he's got a tug hanging off a nice um, bit of uh, like webbing up mm-hmm. from my pergola. So he's got everything he could possibly need. He's got we've invested in like a actual 
those potty plants. So it's like real grass sod, as the Americans call it. Um, so he can poo and pee safely on grass. He's got all his enrichment out there. He's got food. He has all of his positive reinforcement is there. So I put a lot of value in mm -hmm. him enjoying being yep. out there. I put the radio on for him. Who knows if that makes a difference. But like I've conditioned him from that really young age mm -hmm. to enjoy being out there, but in a managed area. And like at first I used to feel like a little bit guilty about that. But then actually I was talking to Adam, you know, the, the police handler and he's like, the dog only knows whatever you show him, yep. especially as a puppy because mm -hmm. I got him at eight weeks. Whatever I show him is his reality. Mm -hmm. And I walk him twice a day. He gets all his enrichment from me either in the backyard or when we're out in the park and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. right? And, but in the house, he's very heavily managed. He's not allowed in the bedrooms. Basically, he doesn't go past that living room door. Mm -hmm. and, and Perfect. And even management, then we say, what would be freedom outside the house where people let their puppy, do you live in like a shared communal sort yeah, of Yeah, it's a, they're townhouses. So, yeah, like he, we have to be mindful of the neighbours and all that kind of Cars, thing. Cars, cats, other dogs, yep. people. Yep. And what do most people do? They go, oh, it's, it's so far from the street, I'm going to let him off and let him run around. Again, you can pull it off, it can work really well. Or your dog chases the birds down the street. Or runs up to the neighbor's dog and gets into a fight or gets bitten or runs into the house and now your neighbors hate you mm. because your dog, whatever. Or get hit by a car and no jump way. on the kids, no you chance. know. So, no, we cannot give our puppies, especially puppies, but any dog. You got a five-year-old dog from the rescue yesterday. Don't give them too much freedom too soon because discipline equals freedom. They have to earn that freedom. Mm. And I'm really all over the the path to off-leash success is a ton of on-leash success, right? Like mm -hmm. I only, at the moment, like it's only been in the sort of last month that I'll I'll take him to like a really quiet park as long as there's no other dogs or people around and I will let him off and just kick the ball for him. Mm -hmm. Like when it's quiet and, you know, because I make my own schedule now so I mm -hmm. can do that in the middle of the day. Um, but I would never, ever, ever do that when it's unsafe or when there's another dog and I know mm -hmm. he's still quite young, you know, his recall's not perfect. So, mm -hmm. set yourself up for for success. Yeah. Right? Mm. Well, like Nookie, as I've mentioned heaps of time before, she was four years old when she, I was success, I was happy enough to illegally take her off the lead in the park because, of course, in the park up the street from my house, not a leash free area. Yeah. yeah. So when I take her off the lead, I go right? to. So when I take them off, I know I'm breaking the rules. And if the ranger comes, I cop that yeah. consequence. And if, or if she runs away or whatever, it's all on you've me. Accept the, the second you unclip the dog, you've already accepted all of that. Exactly. But to, set ourselves up for success is that well i want up until then and again four years old and she was a year and a half when i got her so as a dog trainer whatever that means and then being two and a half years of owning her all that whole time when we're up in the park the long leaders are always on her admittingly maybe for since she was around three or ish maybe a bit younger i could have had the long lead on her 10 meters worth of lead but i'm not necessarily holding it but i could always step on it and she was always close by but because she's never had too much success with running away from me when she has I've gone back a few steps and fixed it. Now, if I'm at the beach and it's nighttime, I can't see her. I know she's doing whatever she wants to do. But when I call her to come, she comes back 100% of the time. And that's how we can then achieve even discipline while they have physical freedom because we've conditioned them and trained them to understand that. So, like, Shadow, in the next year, like, next year from now, I would probably come over to do our, another episode and you can probably let him in and he'll come and plot up yep. next to us here. And I'm sure that will be the situation because you've taught him how to do it. It's where people let their pups and dogs have too much freedom where they, and as we said before, too destructive early. behavior, toilet, toilet, toileting, mm. jumping on people, mm. all those behaviors can be self-reinforcing, which means just the act of doing it in and of its own mm. is hap um, desirable to the dog, which means he will do it again. But then- 
we have to show them not to do those things. Like there's a there's a spare mic on the ground there. If he was just hanging around here, he'd probably chew on it today. Yeah, I don't let him in this office at all. There's just too much stuff that can go wrong, and I, sure. I understand that. So like he could piss on the rug. You, like you said, chew microphones, chew cables. But just, when it's time to bring him in here, you'd probably whack a leash on him, have a loose on the ground. You go, hey, man, hang out on your bed while yep. I do some work. And then you'll start to incrementally extend the duration yep. and the frequency of how much he gets that um, freedom. Yep. So freedom does come at a choice. And when we say, oh, we want to be free like the birds, the birds have so much more rules to follow and rules of nature where they can get sick. They can get eaten. eaten. They could get hit by a car. Like there's so many free um, rules that they have to follow, even if they weren't in any um, civilized Domestic area. Yeah. Like something's going to, is out to get them every day, which means they have to follow their routines and rituals. And when mm. I sat up on that mountain for four days on my own, I watched the birds when they wake up in the morning, they do their thing. They go off for a few hours around three o'clock. They came back, they did their thing. And there was always around, you know, finding pests and bugs and eating nectar and whatever, mm -hmm. and they'll go to bed. And there was a set routine that they did depending on the climate and the time of the year. So nature's doing that, but they're, they're forced to do it because if they don't, the consequences are grim. We're here with our dogs in our house. Now, obviously, outside of the house, there's more consequences that could happen that could be fatal to your, to your dog. However, inside the house, what those consequences aren't like, oh, my God, it's the worst thing in the world. So, um, or like, for example, with Leonardo, and I'm sure I've said this as well, when we went down Kayama and we were in this new, like in, a, in like the, the cabin or whatever, he um, was going to the kitchen and opening the drawers. Mm. Now, I do tell him, and we want to teach him, you don't just open drawers of a kitchen because it's just not appropriate yep. and dangerous. But to set to um, set him up for success, well, set me up for success, maybe both of us, is I took every sharp object out of those. So, every knife and- out I think I reach, left. Yeah. I think I left the forks and the spoons, but knives definitely. I took them out. So then, when he went to the cupboard, I could still tell him no. Let's do something different. Don't do it. Hey, stop touching the cupboard. Is exactly what I would have said mm. to him, and it worked because he stopped touching it and touched him like three times. Mm. But in that odd occasion of if I've turned around to do something and he's gone, he's running around with a bloody steak knife it's in his management. hand. Management. It's mm. bad, right? So manage him so that way he doesn't hurt himself because he doesn't know any better. Now he can learn by stabbing himself. Yeah, I'd rather him stab himself with a fork than with a sharp kitchen knife. So. We know what we do with our dogs, what we do with our children, and even what we do with ourselves. Like, for example, you got your cl a cleaner coming over to clean your house. You may put your expensive watch away. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just kind of common mm -hmm. sense, right? Now, you could trust your cleaner and leave it out there, but if they're having a tough time and they're going, hey, look, if I just take this one watch, I sell it, blah, blah. So, management's everything. And for too much freedom- can um can turn can turn on us too. But in saying that as well, you know, um neglect like I I neglected my responsibilities when Spades was young. He was like thirteen weeks old, and I was hung over. I was eighteen. I'm like, man, we're gonna walk around the block on a Sunday morning, and I let thirteen off the week old. Leash. He was off the lead. Just followed me and ace around the block. It worked for us, but the risks yeah. were still there. And again, this was me being as an eighteen year old. Eighteen year old, probably not like, fully. And the fucking king of the world. Conscious of yeah, everything that could go wrong. You right? know, mm. and now I probably was, but then also maybe I was too hard on him as well because mm. he I've gave him too much freedom and he doesn't didn't listen to me. I'd yell at him. Where now I'd be like, oh no, why? Like I would look if I lived in a very quiet neighborhood where there wasn't much imminent danger. I probably would because I think Larry Crone's all over it. Where he says, nah, man, my puppy from eight weeks old will follow me off the lead because I want to teach him yeah, inside I, of his house. You have yeah. him on a lead, but he lives in like a. I've seen his street. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a moving car nah. in any of his videos. And he did acknowledge that. He did say his front lawn is like the size of the suburb. A, yeah, it's huge. <laughs> yeah, but in saying that as well, he said, if you are in a busy environment, of course, have a yep. lead on. But showing him that freedom, it did really work. When Spades was young, he would go up ahead 
thinking he wants to go sniff something, I'd go hide, I'd grab Ace and I'd go hide behind a bush and I could see Spades for Spades can see me and freak out. And he tried his best to find me and doing that helped him with being aware of me. But again, all the infinite variables of what could go wrong mm. can go wrong. He ran across the road. Now, he was a very chilled puppy. How he is now, he was like that when he was young. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he wasn't really- Ah, like batshit crazy. Mm. So I not like Shadow. <laughs> where with Shadow, maybe he would be more inclined to chase a, the the cat running across oh, the road. Yeah, yeah. Where with Spades, he'd listen. Yeah, I told the trained Spades in like a day and a half. Mm. It didn't take very long. So, so again, depending on the dog, will depend mm-hmm. on how much freedom you choose to give him. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't do if I had Spades again today. I wouldn't do that. I would I would walk up and down the street on a long lead. I could always stop him and he has the sensation of being free, mm. but I wouldn't give him that full freedom. So, um, I think that's important. I think that's that kind of can tie into that whole dog park situation. It's a freedom of let them run free and play with everybody creates law of the jungle. And it means then, well, your puppy's going to get knocked down and hurt. Dogs are going to fight over certain resources. They're going to- Dog learns to ignore you. Dog learns to ignore you. They can play- um, like social hierarchies and go, hey, no, I'm the top dog here and you listen to me. And then it can create a lot of it can create a lot of good behaviors. Um, like dogs learn the consequences can come from other dogs. But the downside to that is that your dog has now had an aversive experience, mm. which can create neurosis later. So I think a lot of for from my perspective, like a dog park is a lot of people are just outsourcing stuff that they should be doing themselves. For free. You're giving all that energy and attention to random dogs and you've taken the power away from yourself. Mm. I think it's a bad idea. But And we've talked about that millions of times. <laughs> um, and you know what? There what do they say? You, there's two people you won't see at a dog park, a vet and a dog trainer. <laughs> Look, uh, um, Sydney Park is, is always my exception because sometimes we do take dogs down there to yeah. work on them. But in saying that as well, I, I find more joy with my dog working with me. And then, and as we address in a QA, and a where can I socialize my dog? You're going to find places. Actually, in fact, we've been starting to do group classes now. And so, for example, one of my clients missed out on session one where we we're laying all the rules. Yeah. So, of course, she rocked up and was not following the rules, like dogs on the right-hand side, up ahead. The dog's still young, so learning how to do loose lead walking. Six months and over is when I start layering that in. But I said to her, there's some dogs here that will bite your little dog. And he was the only little tiny Labradoodle sort of thing. And everything else was like a Labrador or a Staffy. Mm-hmm. And some of them are reactive, potentially mm-hmm. aggressive. So um, this is where we get to exercise. Even in this controlled environment of a school with all the gates closed at nighttime, um, we're still managing and making sure we're the most exciting thing in our dog's life. One thing I learned uh, very early at the NDTF course was, I think this was Glenn or Kano saying this, like your dog it's a it's a loaded gun. A dog on the end of a leash. It's mm-hmm. a loaded gun. Yeah. As in, treat it as if it were a loaded yep. gun. Mm-hmm. So, like a group class is not for socialization. Mm-hmm. It's for you and your dog to be learning, mm-hmm. you know, obedience and that kind of stuff. It's exactly. not. It's not just like a free for all. Exactly. Now, maybe now maybe I'm thinking at some stage as I get more used to because at first I wasn't super comfortable with doing ten dogs all at once and mm. looking after them. I do have it's a few intense, right? It is pretty intense. Last session we did on last Wednesday was a really good one. I mm. felt, and I think we're getting into the the flow because like, I've created a structure mm. and a layer, and I've got people helping me, which mm. is help, which is really good. However, um, I think at some stage there is a basketball court where we can close a gate on them, and the dogs that can play will be a nice opportunity. But we're going to work ourselves out, or maybe make a specific class just mm. for that. But um, but yeah, I certainly agree. You know, where you should treat your dog as if the worst thing could happen. To another dog or to your own dog, yep. but also like it's I like how you, it's like how we drive, right? That's what that's basically what mm-hmm. defensive driving is. Like you're always on the lookout for some kind of you're a death you're in a death machine. <laughs> <for the car. laughs> People say, "Oh no, we don't do this because that's dangerous." I'm like, "Have you 
consider the statistics of your death in your vehicle? Driving is like, yes, statistically, it's like pretty much the most dangerous thing anyone does on any given yeah. day. And we take driving. it so for granted, right? Yeah. Hence why there has to be rules. Otherwise, so with rules and having order, so chaos and order, mm. order's great. And it, it, I guess the problems with it is that it's annoying to stop at traffic lights, it's annoying to blah, blah, blah. But then when we go to countries where there's like no road rules, there it's is worse. a sense of order yeah. and all that chaos. Like you see everyone driving. Yeah, like, and, uh, you know, in Vietnam or somewhere like that. Oh, when I was all in, the bikes and that. That's when crazy. I was in China, I saw like a 17 lane road. Oh, like bro. I was up in a, in a hotel uh. going into a two lane road. <laughs> and everyone, it was just like a big funnel of craziness. But you know what? I didn't see any car accidents while I was there. It was Funny, crazy. Hey. So th- they, there is certainly a sense of order in the chaos, but there's too much risk. Um, involved with that. But with our uh, last episode, we're talking about the Husky German Shepherd getting out of the house. When I'm there, their yard's really big. So for them to make sure dog can't get under fence, through fence or over the fence, there's a lot of fence line to be working. That's going to take time, money, and energy. So my options were to them was, of course, doing all the things we expect, we talked about before and it, what to expect is fulfill your dog, give him a job, blah, blah, blah. But what I was telling, and also desensitize him because it happened to be if the dog's in the backyard while they're home, no dramas, not trying to get out. Mm. And they didn't realize this, but that, and I said, we have to desensitize a dog to grabbing your keys, getting your bag. He can't see all these things, but he can hear it. Closing the door, getting your car, turning it on and leaving. And then coming back, dog's calm and quiet. We go in the yard and reward. That's going to be one of the techniques. Mm-hmm. As soon as the car, the keys jingle to lock the front door, boom, 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 boom. It was just like perfect. Parking, yeah. Perfect classical conditioning. Condition response is, I hear your keys at that front door. So, now they know. And also, the dog has access under the house. So, he's like basically right next to him when that's happening. Now, at first, I said, let's block him off from being under the house to be able to see. But then I changed my- The next day, I called him. I said, at this stage, let's give him the access under the house. I don't care if he sees you leave. That could cause a problem, of Mm. course, because he sees you leaving. But if we can desensitize it, then that could help. We just come back and reward every time the car, which means they may take a week off. They should probably take a week off work. To drill that as much as they can because had he that was on Friday I saw or Saturday I saw him today they went to work had he desensitized mm. it so it's tough that's why I said let's not give him the access but it, on the other hand unless the dog you know gets to the other side of like an extinction burst but look I don't care if he sits at that uh, underneath the house and looks through the the um the you know those those um center blocks that yep. have holes in it yeah it's for like aeration front yeah, of the yeah. house I don't care if he sits there all. F- Eight hours waits for him to come He's home. Quiet, yeah. Because I said, let's not block it off just yet. Because if we block off that that place where he can observe people coming back, he will then try to get out. Yeah. So I went back on what I originally said to him. And if being under the house is undesirable because it's dirty, it's moldy, mm-hmm. blah, blah blah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And also he's just like under the house all the time. It's kind of weird when he's got a massive backyard. Mm-hmm. Um. But so again, see, we have to manage how much freedom and what sort of freedom they can get. But I said to him, if we can't. If we're still not getting it, like the, the dog hasn't escaped since they f- last fixed up the backyard and they put like, they did quite a good effort, but the dog can still dig under those fences. So I said to him, you need to secure it. If you can't secure the whole f- perimeter of the fence, let's give him an outdoor run to be in. Mm. A big ass kennel, mm-hmm. three by four, maybe even lay a concrete slab down if you can. If you can't, then find some other like paved sort of um, situation so he can't dig underneath. And there are- um, Outdoor runs that have come flat pack and you can get like a bottom for it as well and a, and a top. And that way the dog's kenneled for when they're gone. I don't think crate crating that dog for the whole eight hours while they're gone 
is something they want to do yeah. and I don't think it's, it's not something realistic. That, I would, that I would advise. It can be done. If the dog has freedom for all the other time, it can be done, but I don't think it would suit them or not at this stage anyway. But now they've got a massive backyard, an outdoor run where it's like, that's dog land. Um, I think that could really help them. So that's yeah. managing freedom, right? Hey, I saw a really, just as a quick side note, I yeah. saw a really cool example of um, classical conditioning yesterday, actually like completely unrelated to dogs. My sister-in-law was showing me a video. We were talking about how like when a toddler falls over, what, what's the first thing they do? They look to the parents mm-hmm. to see like, should I cry? Because mm-hmm. they're yeah. looking yeah. for you, right? Yeah. So, there's this video and this guy's carrying his baby and he's like walking out of the- he, He's walking out of a bedroom and he's got the tiny little baby. And what he does is he's hold, cradling the baby. And then as he walks past the door, he he kind of just hits his hand on the door- just behind the baby's head and then he makes the reaction that he would have made if the baby had hit its head mm-hmm. so he goes he goes like bang on the mm-hmm. door and then he starts like rubbing the back of the baby's head and going oh are you okay mm-hmm. boom baby starts crying yes yeah classical conditioning totally condition response well, how because what what's the signal before what's the signal how before the crying that baby Pardon? How old is that? Oh, I mean, it was old enough to like have its head up. It was probably six. Has it hit old? its head before? I'd say so. Okay. Or is it? Let's assume so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. Was- is it something that he had hit his head before to know that he gets coddled and then that he gets a yeah. cry? That's what it looked like. Okay. If it looked like mm. that, or was it that hearing a loud noise and then getting coddled can <laughs> either maybe way, right? Some instinctive mm. thing, right? But. Mm. But yeah, it's true, right? Well, how about Leonardo, right? There's heaps of kids I watch at the park yesterday. They fall over and they immediately cry. Dad comes picks them up. Leonardo, he gets a bit, especially when he starts getting tired, he trips over his own feet and he's kind of awkward <laughs> like that. And he falls over and he just lays there. He just lays there. Like a face down, just looking at the ground. Like Not a turtle. Upset, just like I fell over. And then he's thinking, I'm like, come on, buddy, get up. And I kind of feel cold. Or like maybe you, other parents- But you're think, teaching him to get up. Well, I'm like, hey, bud, like get up. Now, sometimes, of course, I'll help him. If mm. he's hurt himself, mm. obviously, he needs that love. Dad, yeah. But, um, but there's other times, like, come on, bud, up you get. And then he'll get up, shake it off, and then continue what he's doing. And because we- it's hard not to overreact. When you see parents, you'll judge them. But when it's when it's in your when you're in the like it's instinctual, half of it it just happens. Mm. He falls over and you're picking him up straight away, and you're like, "Whoa, man, it's intense." So, I'm happy to be a loving dad, mm. obviously, mm-hmm. but I don't want him to be soft either and always need loving just because he tripped over. I'm still there to be like, "Come on, bud, you got it." He gets up, yay! Clap your hands. He claps his hands. He continues what mm-hmm. he's doing. So. Anyway, I thought that just, I'll just <laughs> add that in. Right? I like that. Um, but yeah, he just lay there and just like, just, yeah, like a turtle's been flipped upside down, except he's on his tummy. He's like, I fell over. <laughs> this is intense. Um, but I think, yeah. But I- like, with our, like, you know, with, that, with your clients, with our clients, I think a common theme is you do see people perhaps giving the dogs too much freedom too soon. Yeah. Or are they being too careful, then they're not giving enough freedom. Mm. And that Either be, way, right? Too much be annoying. chaos or too much order. Exactly. Mm. And we know that in the middle of both of those is the opposite. The path. So, yeah. if you protect your dog too much to not go up to any dog, to not go here, not don't sniff the ground, don't do this, don't do that. Oh, my God. Got to clean your paws before you come inside, which makes no sense. You know, <laughs> some people take, and I know you guys take your shoes off. Take Let's take our shoes off before we come inside. And then the dog walks inside. <laughs> and I'm like, have the dog's feet. Um, no, yeah. we do. Ray, you're, you're right. Right. Especially if he's been on the grass because it's floorboards. You are. Right. Right. Just. Okay. I've got like a like a mat. I just wipe his feet. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just grab his paw and I just drag it look, on the mat. I, I want because do I don't want my dirty floors. Look, I want to do the same thing in my house, except our house. It's it's kind of odd and there's no place to leave our shoes. Plus, you've got a two year old. Who's probably like? Well, yeah. And the dogs come in the cats in. I'm like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. like we just clean up. But it would be nice. To have a house. Yeah, I have, have no doubt that that 
that will fall by the wayside. But you know what? Point. I come home and, I'm, and then Tanya's like, you should like take all your work clothes off. Sometimes I get, now my rule was always take uniform and shoes mm-hmm. off because I've been with dogs and yep. who knows what. And I'm sitting on the couch. It's kind of like not, Dirty, yeah. not the most hygienic. Mm-hmm. But then like sometimes, you know, I come home and straight away it's like, tired, yeah. your turn. You got to do the bath now, blah, blah, mm. blah. And, I, and I'll do that. And then I kind of forget. Come home from work mode to dad mode. Exactly. Mm. There's no time off. So, but I have been, especially last week when I had like a, a an allergic kind mm-hmm. of asthma thing. I'm like, no, nah, let's be mindful. I come home, straight shower, just get all the pollen off me, get all the dog stuff off me, just so we're not exposing it too much of it. Anyway, whatever. Mm. But um, so but- then, So, then your signal for having a shower is now coming home. Yes, you know exactly right, and and it was always coming my- in becomes the signal to go and like cool. I'm gonna get straight in the shower. Exactly, just wash all this shit off. And it depends. It this mm. there's no too much of a set plan when there's mm. stuff differently. There's a whole different agenda at home. So I come home, slip straight into that. I'm like, oh, I've been talking all day. I done. Tw- I did twenty four thousand steps the other day just working. <laughs> so like that's just. And I've been talking that whole time and then problem solving and handling dogs. And the last thing I do is talk about my whole day and stuff. So yeah. you know we have to. Anyway, side notes. But basically, um, where I see is well, where we restrict too much freedom for our dogs is where we – and remember we said before, like when you look at the yin and yang, we have the order, which is the white, for example, and then right in the middle of, of that is the black. Mm-hmm. It's because we've created too much of that order where we will then see chaos because a dog doesn't know how to interact with another dog or doesn't know how to be on their own in the backyard. Um, for example, my client the other day, the – Dog for 12 months has never spent any time outside on its own. Nice, beautiful backyard. Um, but the dog stays inside, pees on the couch, does this and that, chews the cords. Um, and now because you've tried to protect them so much, you give them too much freedom inside the house. They think it's their house. But then now the dog doesn't know how to even be on its own, in its own space. And the dog doesn't bark when people are away. The dog only barks because he's outside. Mm. You can see how we have to practice everything that we would do in the future and exactly what you're doing with Shadow now. Um, but you've got a good arsenal of understanding and knowledge and and developing the experience now to be that, oh, let's not repeat others' mistakes and let's just learn from the experience by doing all these things. And you can see if you can do it fresh, then, um, then it works really well. However- when people get the rescue dog, the other the dog from where, or they just decide to start training their dog now. It's been a few years. You need to start um, adapting and changing everything, mm-hmm. which that can be the stressful part because you're out of habit, the dog's out of habit, and that could be tough. So basically, you just need to have, and anyone, then there's so many people asking us questions, and a lot of the at the end of the, every Q and A's, and hire a good dog trainer. Like I, I can, we can give as much as yeah. we can. There's We're exposing so much it. you can do. I think one good thing about this medium here is that people are listening. They know what to look for, so then they can ask the questions to the trainer, and then they can go from there. Whether mm. they learn something extra or they find out that listening to us and then having the trainer and we don't align, and then then the results speak for themselves. So, you know, people give us feedback of anything um, that we've said, but. That's all I want to add. Was there anything you can we can add to that? Um, I think like in terms of the freedom thing, I do see that a lot with clients. Like they're giving too much freedom with the dog inside the house. I'm like, is the dog crate trained? Does the dog have a bed command? No, no. Okay. Is there a place for your dog to be? Exactly. Or whatever? That's actually, that's another thing as well. Like um, not messing with the dog on its bed. That's a big mm-hmm. one as well, especially people with young kids. Mm. Uh, you know, it's like the dogs, if you tell the dog to go on the bed, then it's so unfair for you to let anyone touch or mess with the dog mm-hmm. on the bed, including your t- two-year-old. Like mm. it doesn't matter. Now look, if you told your dog to go on the bed next to you and you pat it and massage it. That's different, different right? That's a different story. But for someone to come and- then- Hassling it, especially exactly. if the dog, like for example, um, if the dog, let's say the dog 
is feeling a bit stressed or whatever and it retreats to the bed and mm-hmm. then you continue to like hassle it. Yep. I think that's really unfair. Well, how about you today? I was patting Shadow and he jumped a couple of times. I gave him a couple of little corrections. Yeah, we put him in the and crate. Then, and then he jumped again and then you made the ultimate decision. Like, no, nah, in your crate. I didn't now go to the crate and start messing with him. No. Or patting him or nothing. I'm like- And as soon as, like, again, going back to the conditioned response, as soon as he gets in the crate, he just chills. Exactly. And I don't want to ruin that. That's why it's- See, for me, I can, I'm easily- to be able to handle dogs mm. when they haven't had anything. It's when – and even people that um, that have started training even elsewhere, I'm like, oh, I don't want to intervene. Where are you at? What do you want me to yeah, do yeah, with yeah, your yeah. dog? Yep. And I asked you, do you want me to correct this? Yeah. And you're like, no, you're happy to do so. You may say, hey, actually don't. I really want to do it because of this. Is I'm like, hey, that's cool yep. too. So communication. Mm-hmm. But then also you – we did give him a, that freedom, so to speak, when he did come inside, but that was a controlled setting to mm. be like, well, let's teach him when – I'm sitting on that little poof thing and then he comes up close to me. Will he jump? And we set it up. It wasn't that you let him in when your niece is here. Mm. And if you did, I'm assuming you either meet outside and then we could walk in together or maybe yep. he's on the lead inside. But you're setting it up for success at every single time. Mm. Micromanage the crap out of your dogs. And then over time, you don't have to even do any management because your dogs are fit into your life. Exactly. Well, exactly. And like in that situation, to be fair to Shadow, like- if we haven't given him, let's say, a bed command, uh, as in we haven't sen- sent him to his bed, then it is actually fair for him to do, what do he whatever does. he wants. Because well, how does he know exactly. to do anything else? But like we always say, focus on what we want. So, in that situation when he- Rather than being like, no, 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 stop, 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 mm-hmm. no, off. In your crate, bro. Makes so much sense. Yeah. And you can't jump on people if you're on your bed. And if you're doing all those other things that you do do, the multiple times of walking and training and engagement and all that sort of stuff, then he goes, oh, I just reserve my energy for there. I don't have to do it inside the mm. house. And the only time he'll know that is when he gets to that eight, nine, ten months old, he's like, ah. Uh, and mm. those are those moments of where we see either genetic expression turn on yep. and we start seeing random shitty behaviors we don't like, or it's we also start to see all of your training is now starting to become properly off, conditioned. Yeah. And then between that eight to 12 months is when things can start setting in because that's the moment where it makes a break. It's when you start seeing aggression. Or when you start seeing real avoidance or anxiety, you can really see and notice what that time of their life. So, but, and also the flip side, you can start seeing everything fall into place as well. And that's why I don't do like any harder obedience, like harder in terms of expecting a sit, stay, down, stay, bed command outside of the house. Any, we can still practice it, mm. but there's no real consequence or yep. punishment for breaking. Under that age. Um, under that age, because I think it just breaks down your relationship. The dogs gets confused, but also um, we want them to find it all fun. Yeah. Right. And then like loose lead walking as well. So that time of um, of their life is when we can start maybe adding a little bit more freedom if you're training from a puppy. Or compare your dog to yesterday. If you're doing better, you can move forward. I like it. Me too. That I was like good. Um, another episode. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Next one. When they'll be in – where are we now? It's like we've done – I think we're up to 83 or 84. Getting close to 100 now. I know. It's exciting. It'll be – Nearly hit 50,000 downloads too. Yeah. Yeah. For our humble little (laughs) dog show. We're doing good. I think we're – I'm enjoying those numbers. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Much love to you all. We don't do this just to hear ourselves speak. So, hope you guys are getting something out of it. I think so. We're getting good feedback every day. Love you guys. Bye now. Bye.